Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Asset Allocation Weekly Report dated March 5th, 2021. I'm Phil Adler, and I'm speaking with Confluence Investment Management Chief Market Strategist Bill O'Grady. Today, we take a fresh look at the Confluence forecast for stock market performance for the year in light of the strong returns so far this year. Is it time to become more cautious on stocks, or do economic conditions now warrant an improved forecast? Bill, late in 2020, what did you forecast as a range for the S&P 500 this year, and, and where do we stand now? Well, the index has moved into our forecast range of 39.18 to 40.50, but it has recently failed to hold that level. Uh, rising treasury yields have weighed on the equity markets. Still, you, you must be surprised at the overall strength so far this year. Yes. The strength of the economy has surprised us too. We were looking for mostly flat GDP in the fourth quarter and first quarter with a lift in the second quarter, but vaccine distribution has been more widespread than we expected. And the fiscal response was far stronger and faster than we anticipated. Equities took their cue from growth and assumed mostly steady interest rates, but the rise in interest rates seen recently is not consistent with a continued rise in equities. Since the S&P 500 is already near your forecast range for the year, it might seem like a good time to take some profits. What do you think? Well, that's what we're trying to assess. It all comes down to liquidity. The financial system is awash in liquidity, and the known unknown using Rumsfeld's taxonomy is that we don't know for sure where that liquidity will go. If the liquidity doesn't go to stocks, then the answer to your question is yes, although it begs a second one, which is where do you put the cash that's been generated? Stock prices overall already seem historically high relative to earnings. What's your level of concern with this? Well, the S&P 500 PE is elevated, but it's not at a record. We saw higher multiples in the late 1920s and the late 1990s, but they are high. At the same time, as we noted last week, earnings are coming in much stronger than we expected. So the rise in earnings can support the market even with a multiple contraction. Does a further advance in stocks mostly depend on future economic growth? Well, only partially. Growth affects profitability, but does not address what investors are willing to pay for those profits. So inflation and interest rates matter too. An economy out of recession tends to see rising earnings, but an economy that is too strong raises interest rates and inflation fears. So the further advance is dependent not just on economic growth, but on growth with moderate interest rates and stable price levels. Bill, what's your take on on whether the economy does grow enough from here to sustain a further advance in the stock market? I'm not worried about growth, although I do think some of the expectations surrounding growth are overly optimistic, but I don't see any fear of a downturn anytime soon. Still, remaining on the subject of future economic growth, there is always something that could go wrong. What, What are the most likely candidates right now? Where growth could disappoint is if the wall of liquidity that's been injected into the economy is either saved or used to reduce debt. Although the latter would set the stage for much better future growth, it would reduce growth in the near term. Another possibility is that market interest rates rise enough to adversely affect the economy. Let's let's stay on that 
that uh, paying down debt theme. You say one of the possible negatives is that future stimulus payments are used mostly to pay down debt. And, and my question is, why wouldn't a pay down in debt be positive for the economy? Well, you know, in the long run, it would be really positive for the economy. It would remove a dampener on future consumption and likely reduce political tensions as well. The debt overhang is a consequence of income inequality, and reducing it should reduce tensions surrounding that issue. But in the short run, dollars used to reduce debt are dollars not used to consume now. Well, instead of moving money out of stocks at this point, you suggest moving some money out of certain sectors and, and into others. Which sectors would benefit most from an improving economy and or rising interest rates? Stronger economic growth tends to support value stocks over growth stocks. When economic growth is sluggish, it makes sense to seek growth stocks to compensate. But when growth rises, value tends to perform better. Cyclical stocks also tend to be stronger, and small caps tend to outperform as well. Are you at the point where Confluence Investment Management is already making some of these sector decisions? Well, in the absence of abnormal conditions, the committee adjusts portfolios quarterly. But we think about them all the time and discuss markets on both a formal and informal basis. So, yes, we are assessing the current situation, but our conclusions are formalized four times a year. Bill, let's look more closely for a moment at the recent weakness in tech stocks. Is it all directly related to an improved outlook for the end of the pandemic? Well, that's a really big part of it, but there are other issues as well. There are growing worries about regulation impinging on these firms under the new administration. But for the most part, stronger growth is, is shifting investment away from firms that benefited from the lockdown. Are we anywhere close to a dramatic sell-off in tech stocks? Well, predicting such a decline in advance is just about impossible. But we could be setting up a situation where tech stocks underperform other parts of the market for an extended period. Taking a different angle, Bill, would you say that we're now in more of a stock picker's market as opposed to leaving assets in an S&P 500 index fund? Yes. We note the difference between the capitalization-weighted S&P compared to the equal-weighted S&P. We would expect the latter to do better than the former. The cap-weighted fund is buying the majority of stocks that have risen the most. An equal-weighted is buying, no surprise, an equal amount of each share. So over time, the cap-weighted index tends to underperform because you are buying the most expensive stocks. But last year, the cap-weighted did better. This is another way of saying that being selective should be helpful. You note that commodity prices are rising along with the 10-year Treasury note yield. At, at what point might you recommend reducing exposure to equities overall in favor of commodities and or fixed income? Well, to move into fixed income would require yield levels to be where we consider them overvalued. <clears throat> As we have stated in the past, that would be a 10-year T-note approaching 2%. We are favorable on commodities, but all already have a rather large allocation if one includes gold as a commodity. We will see if the committee concludes a more commodity or a broader commodity exposure is warranted when we meet in April. How about large caps, mid caps, and small caps? Do conditions favor any current adjustment to your percentages? Well, we, we actually already made a move in that direction in the January rebalance. 
Finally, Bill, I guess some perspective. Overall, would you consider that dealing with an S&P 500 index that is already close to your forecast for the year is really a pretty good problem to have, especially if you've been invested for a significant amount of time? Uh, yeah, in some respects, it's it's very true. It is a good problem to have. However, in another sense, we always view these forecasts as guidance. When we made it, we were saying that our outlook was bullish, and that hasn't changed. But we are probably looking at a more choppy overall market in the indices that masks a good deal of repositioning in equities and other assets. Thank you, Bill. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. We wish to state that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Epker.